Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready for some hot, steamy conversation? <laughs> I don't know how steamy it is, but hot, yeah. <laughs> My mother and I had a fantastic relationship. This is Stephen, and I just want to share. Uh, yeah, I want to expound on that just quickly, because the real man... Good morning, and welcome to Coffee Talk. I'm Soy, host of the fastest-growing online talk show where we discuss real topics with real people in real situations. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Happy Saturday, everyone. Welcome to Coffee Talk with Soy, your new morning show where real talk happens every Saturday at 10 a.m. I'm excited about our season. We're thrusting upon a season of change where the leaves start to fall and the climate starts to change and tornadoes, blizzards, and storms are predictable in the forecast. Not to no fault of your own or my own. It's just the way it is. In all of what we do, sometimes the season and things begin to change. And what I enjoy most about the season change is that being able to observe the people, you know, and I am like the eye of the storm. I'm looking in the center of it, looking at the person in difficulty, the person that's being challenged to see who you are. I think for me, it's a great opportunity for me to see the integrity of the person. You get to see the strengths of the person. Sometimes the weaknesses too as well, and people don't want to be vulnerable during those periods of time, but your character sure does stand out. What are the intentions of this person? What are their values? So in the midst of change, we get to see all that. What we're going to talk about this morning is leadership. Because I think that when you're in those challenging places, some of those characteristics that jump out, you can tap into who's the leader in the room or not. And to have this discussion with me is none other than a man who is an author, speaker, facilitator of approaches that produce breakthrough. He is Ron Chapman, the creator of Seeing True and Progressive Recovery. These resources are dedicated to exploring concepts of engaging, releasing, and transcending blockages in your lives. That is exactly why he's in the cafe with me to talk about his concept of the seven leadership challenges. Help me to welcome, I'm sorry, the seven stages of leadership. See, I'm in that challenge mindset. But Ron is here to share his concept on the seven stages of leadership. Let's welcome to the cafe, Ron Chapman. Good morning, Ron. How are you? Hey, Soy. I'm great, and I, I think it's ironic that uh, you know the hurricane's right off the coast, and you're talking about leadership in the eye of the storm, and and how perfect is that, right? 
Yeah, and, and how real is that, though, Ron? It, it happens, really, you know, especially as we, you know, go into this season where the holidays are coming and, and the weather is changing. And, you know, when the weather is not nice, people often are not nice, you know. <laughs> They're not nice when it gets cold. <laughs> they, get, they, get, they get prickly, don't they? When they're not in hot Atlanta and being able to enjoy lots of sunny days, you know what they say about the northerners. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I know they all come down south, but uh, what else do they say? I'm a northerner, and I can't share. But they, they, they <laughs> people often meet me as like, "No, you're not from DC." Yeah, yeah, I am. <laughs> I know. Yeah, and, I know and, that and when feeling. I go home, when I go home, Ron, sometimes I feel like I'm not from D.C. But, 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 but yeah, they, 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 they give us a lot of heat um, about our disposition and just moving too fast and not being friendly. But, you know, every, we, we all can change. Sure enough. So, Ron, here's, a, here's one of my favorite quotes. Yeah. When you're surrounded by people who share a passionate commitment around a common purpose, Anything is possible. That's Howard Schultz. And that is how I feel when I am in your presence. You are a game changer to me. And, and I like that you are always focusing on breaking through and finding out what those blockages are in our lives so we can move ahead. You, I think that, that, that website you have, and, and this is where you can find him, doingtrue.com, is, is identically what it is. That is exactly what it is, seeingtrue.com. Well, thank you. I'm, I'm glad you experienced me that way, and I have to honestly tell you the truth that uh, one of the pieces of feedback I, <clears throat> I get regularly is I don't fit in any, any genre very well. <laughs> you know, I talk about spiritual principles. In this case, we're going to talk about leadership. Um, and, and at the heart of that is this, that really this idea that we're designed for transformation. We just can't quite get there, so we need help. And that's kind of the that's kind of the bottom line on extraordinary leadership in my experience is how do we how do we take a situation or a person or a circumstance and and bring forth extraordinary leadership because goodness knows we need extraordinary leadership in these times. Mm. We do, we do, and especially yeah, what's going on now. Uh, but let me just put it out there, Ron. I I, I know that the people are waiting to hear this. And and I'm armored up to have this discussion. Here is my question for you, Ron. Okay. Are leaders born or are they made? What's your <laughs> opinion about that? <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna go one off on you there, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go to um, uh, a variation on that. You know that that the times make the leader is another one of those adages. Wow. Yeah, and the the mm-hmm. the example the example I'm gonna use for that is Abraham Lincoln. Um. Who, of course, was quite. A, I mean, some would say he was the most extraordinary president in terms of what he was able to do under, you know, I mean, at any moment in time, half the people wanted to kill him. Um, it's pretty much bottom line. So how difficult? And yet, what's interesting is some historians say that had he not struggled so much with depression and life difficulties, he could have never been that man. Um, mm. Which, yeah, which. Which causes me to segue to my 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 favorite modern example of a leader who was transformed by their circumstances, which is Nelson Mandela. 
Um, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, there was a magic to his leadership, but the magic didn't come out of you know him being prepared to be a leader. The magic came out of something that happened inside him during 27 years of of of, of, of imprisonment. Uh, and he, when he came out, he was able to do things in South Africa that were just, I mean, literally they were miraculous. I mean, he was a man, so he made plenty of mistakes. But, but you look at those examples and you say something has happened to these people that has made it possible for them to lead in extraordinary ways, which is probably some strange fusion of circumstances, I would guess. So kind of a long-winded answer to your question, but the one that makes sense to me. So they can basically they can rise to the occasion. Yeah, something is what I would say about them is that something has happened inside of them that has made it possible for them to have access to um transcendent leadership, something that mm-hmm. something that bridges divides and sets a course that that others could not have imagined. Um and of course, not without difficulty and not without strife, but with some kind of clear passion and purpose that that holds them above the fray, even even when things get ugly. So, so Ron, so what about this 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 person that says, "Well, I'm not a Nelson Mandela. I'm not an Abraham Lincoln. I don't even own my own company. I'm just a regular <sighs> man to get up, put, plant my feet on the floor, tie my shoes, and go to work and expect my mm-hmm. paycheck at the end of the week." What what about that person? That 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 is their norm. Are, are mm-hmm. they leadership quality? Well, I'm going to use a couple of real quick examples. The one is, you know, what actually turned the tide in Northern Ireland from um, decades of strife and violence was that a bunch of mothers finally got t- tired of seeing their babies killed um, by the mm-hmm. violence, and they stood up and said, "Enough, enough." Um, that's the same story behind Mothers Against Drunk Drivers. You know, a bunch of mothers said, enough, I don't want to lose another child to this stupid malady. And so immediately what you see when you look at that is it takes us out of this idea that a leader is someone who's elected or someone who's a CEO, and you go, no, some of the biggest transformation in the world has come from these unlikely Mm -hmm. places um, where circumstances and, and, and something happens inside the person or persons. And they, they mm-hmm. just basically, they, they rise to the occasion um, because something within them has, has, has shifted. It seems like most people who mm-hmm. set out to be leaders um, aren't able to, generally they aren't able to do that. Some kind of hardship, difficulty, or circumstance has primed them for doing something extraordinary, which means that so any one of us could be that person if we if we were to um, dive deeply enough into the circumstances that would transform us. Okay, and that and that there sounds like passion. Yeah, that <laughs> I, I think in, in that moment is where you become passionate about it. Yeah. yeah, good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, and and you know that passion is. I mean, it's impossible to describe where that comes from when you study these. You know, the leadership gurus, uh, uh, Jim Collins, John Maxwell, and so forth, you, you know, they give you lots of, they tell you a lot about it. But in the end, they acknowledge there's this, this mysterious component that comes from somewhere that isn't teachable, isn't trainable. You don't get it in a class. Um, it's something within us that, that is drawn forth under circumstances 
perhaps because we're well prepared. I mean, the military the military ranks have have lots of instances where where someone who has been trained is is uh, transformed by circumstances to do extraordinary leadership under duress. Um, but we have mm-hmm. just as many examples where lots of people have been trained who become ordinary leaders, and I mean that's fine. We need those too. Is this is this where your seven stages of leadership were were, were devised from? Absolutely. Kind of yeah, yeah. What mm-hmm. happened was I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm a geek. I'm a student, and uh, I've been studying Jim Collins. And uh, big credit to Collins, and also to John Maxwell, both of whom have done a lot of extraordinary work on this idea of leadership development. But they talk about the development of leaders and the things you can do. But but what neither one of them seems to tackle is where does this transcendent leadership come from? I mean, what, what makes a Martin Luther King Jr. You know. Um, what, what makes for someone who who comes out of what would otherwise be, um, you know, ordinary circumstances, and and so the the, the first three stages of of this framework, the the ascendant path to leadership, um, they're about being developed. You know that we we need to practice being leaders. We need to acquire skills. We need to be likable. Uh, we need to show some competency. But but that's just the training ground. Um, what they set up, which is actually the fourth stage, the one that I am deeply passionate about because I've been studying it for so long, which I call the crux. And this is that thing, that circumstance, those moments where where things come together and the lead, all the development mm-hmm. work and the circumstances come together – I'm still, I mean, it's going to make me cry because it was such a first time I read the story of Mandela thanking his captors on the day he left prison, 27 years falsely imprisoned. He thanked them because he understood that those 27 years had been such fertile ground. Wow. That's, that's, that's remarkable. Wow. I mean, it, wow. I get chills just saying it. That, I mean, that, that is extraordinary. And and we'd love to wow. say, oh well, that's because Nelson Mandela was such a such, such a special guy. The truth is, he got hammered on for 27 years, uh, and something cracked open in him. And the result of that crux, that extraordinarily difficult extended period, is it opened up an ability to lead in ways um, that were were really, as I said, pretty miraculous. Okay. Um, and so it's not, it's, it's not leadership as virtue. You know, it's, it's leadership as challenge that transforms us. Um, I guess you can hear the passion in me now, can't you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so, Ron, so, so that we, we don't lose anyone, let, let, let's back up just a little bit and, yeah. and give some content and context sure. on stage one and stage sure. two because we got this visual out there and people are listening yeah. online and they're seeing this and we want them to follow us along. So let's give them some uh, quick, quick content <laughs> on what stage one is. And, oh, and, thank you, uh, Soy. I like how you define stage yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. So stage okay, one so is, stage is one. In, so, yeah, uh, first degree leadership is you got the job. Somebody somewhere has said you're a leader, therefore lead. And people follow you because you got the job. Um, happens all the time. Frontline supervisors, um, you know, you're selected to be a member of a board of directors, um, formal promotion, um, and, and that's fine. I mean, people follow people because they got the job. The second piece is people, the second degree is people will follow you because you're likable. 
Now, it could be that you have the job, don't have the job. could be you're just someone that people want to follow because they like you. Again, perfectly mm-hmm. acceptable. The third degree of leadership is where you've established reasons for people to follow. You have degrees, credentials, successes, etc., and people will follow you because you've demonstrated it. And so these are developmental stages where we learn how to be a leader. Mm-hmm. You know, we take courses. Hopefully we develop um, or acquire ways of interacting so that we're likable, so that people are enthused mm-hmm. about us. Uh, we demonstrate some competency, some successes, et cetera. And, and those are all developmental, and, and they're all valuable. But as I see it, and if, you're, if a listener is looking at this, it sets up this inflection point where the curve goes up steeply. And that's mm-hmm. when we enter the crux. And the crux is that, that, that situation that I've been um, passionately babbling about, where, where we've been well-prepared and circumstances, I mean, it's, an, it, it's like in that moment we're mm-hmm. placed in a crucible. Um, it's not uncommon for this to be personal illness. It's not at all uncommon for, for people mm-hmm. who have cancer diagnoses, um, you know, to all of a sudden be remade. Um, it's not uncommon like Mothers Against Drunk Drivers where loved ones are, are being terribly affected by something. Um, it's not mm-hmm. uncommon when things happen socially or in our culture. Um, any number of things can can become the crucible where our character as a leader is fired. Um, mm. And of course, it, yeah. it would be it would it would be necessarily honest to say, and some of us don't survive the crucible. For every Nelson Mandela, there are countless people who were broken in the process. Yeah. Yeah. And, yes. and yes. I don't know what to say about that, except, I mean, that's the truth. I mean, it's like, I mean, for every, for every remarkable transformation, we have lots of people who, um, who unfortunately have really bad outcomes. And yet the mm. value of the crux of the crucible of the remaking is that these extraordinary things come out of it. And then as I look at the, so that's all preparation. Once we've been remade, once we've been transformed by this strange fusion of circumstance, it opens up fourth degree leadership, which is where people get so much through you that they will follow you because mm. there's real benefit to following you. Um, there are a lot of charlatans in this space, in the political space, where they, they, they talk a lot about all the goodies you're going to get from them. Uh, it's very, very common in the present political space is people will, will – um, okay. <laughs> but, but at its okay. best, people follow a fourth-degree leader because they're deriving real benefit from it um, in any number of ways, which sets up okay. fifth-degree fifth degree leadership is where this, this transformative quality appears. And you use the word passion, which is as good a word as any which is where this remaking of us, something flows out of us with such clarity, such um, wisdom, such intensity, such mm. passion, that, that people will say things. And the first time I ran into this, I mean, I love this one because for many years I've been asking people about presidential candidates. And, and, um, and the one that popped up quite often was actually Colin Powell. And people would say about him, he's like, I don't know what, I know what is, I'm with that guy. I think he's the real deal. So there's this, mm-hmm. yeah, this, this quality, and, and he's such a great example too, because in some ways he's such an ordinary guy. 
Um, but, but, but people will follow you because you ooze this passion, this mission, this vision, the, these values. Um, it's, it's, uh, it sets up that great line that says, um, uh, let's see, uh, who, what, who you are speaks louder than any words you say. I mean, it's an embodiment. Uh, okay. it, it's an embodiment, and people follow you because it's like I don't know. I'm like I'm with that guy. I'm with that woman. So, uh, on. With, so, I, so mm-hmm. here's my question. So, yeah. with, with four and five, I'm, I'm, yeah. uh, I want to get some clarity on that. So, yeah. four at, at stage four, they follow you because of what they get from you. Yeah. Um, could did this, you know, so so. We, I'm thinking of like a diet program, and, and their their philosophy causes you to lose weight, so you follow them. Is, is that a clear concept of, of what they get from you? Because I'm trying to understand the difference between four and, and five. It could be it could be something very practical. Um, think workplace for many people, where where mm-hmm. your leader is really good at taking care of people. You know, really, okay. really. I mean, a, a good workplace leader who you really, you know, they might be developing you. Um, they mm-hmm. might be teaching you skills. They might, of course, there are benefits and perks and all those sorts of things. I mean, that's real benefit. Okay. Um, and and not to be diminished. See, the the difference between the first three degrees and the fourth degree is a focus shift. In the first mm-hmm. three, it's okay. about the leader. It's about me. The focus shift in the fourth degree is it's about you. I'm leading for you. I'm not leading you. I'm not leading for me. I'm leading for you, and you derive real benefit Okay. in, in some way, shape, or form. And then with this continuing transformative process, at some point in time, we, we literally come to embody something, and everybody can think of these people in formal and informal places where it's like they're just – they're the living embodiment of something. They really deeply believe in something, and it, and it galvanizes followership. Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. Does that help? Yes, good, good stuff. I hope the listeners out there taking notes and finding out where, where they are. Soy, honey, that is the, I'm sorry, I shouldn't call you honey, soy. Um, it's like, that's like the hardest part is like taking a good hard look at ourselves and saying, you know, what's the evidence tell me about me? Have I, have I overcome myself? Have I gotten out of my own way? Do people derive real benefit from me? Um, am I actually the embodiment or something, or am I just a am I just a am I just parroting things? Um, and and I mean th- mm-hmm. that can fuel the crucible though when we get a really good look at ourselves, when we when we take that deep breath and say, oh God, oh, I'm so I'm so ego driven. It's like okay, that's great stock taking, which can fuel the crux, which can break this space open for us. Mm. Yeah, and in your in your line of work, and I know you work with a lot of people, yeah. helping them to see true and get out of the way of their own self. Uh, how often do you find some of your um, clients that find their own way that that oh my ego is in the way, or or do you often have to to lead them to see that their ego is in the way? 
I mean, I mean, I've I've been in the room with people, yeah. and it's just feel it's it's just it's ridiculous. You know, there's no room <laughs> to breathe because their ego just consumes all of the air. You feel like you're gonna suffocate. You're like I gotta, I gotta get out of here. Just. Yeah. So do well, you do people like that figure it out, or do you have to often lead them? Well, you know, it's interesting. It's such a great question. Um, that's why I appreciate you so much as you, like, zero in on things <laughs> like that and reel me back in. You know, interestingly enough, every now and again, someone will come to me because they just, they just, they just want this transcendent experience. They're just, they're driven. It's like being called. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but if they don't have that, the trait I'm really looking for uh, in their ability is whether or not they are open-minded and open-hearted enough to hear things. Because if, if mm. the ego is so defended um, that I can't hear where I'm messing up, where I'm not authentic, where I'm, I'm, I'm not meeting the standards I espouse, that makes it very, very hard to overcome oneself. Um, now, that's why the crux can be so valuable, because I don't exactly, I'm going to go back to Mandela, who I just love. Um, I don't know what he went in like, but I tell you what, 27 years breaking rocks has the opportunity to break you open. Uh, and so circumstance wow. can be our ally. Um, you know, having civil war in the middle of your country can, can bust you open like a Lincoln. Um, you know, so you, you hear, uh, I'm thinking now of... Um, I'm, I'm thinking now of Maya Angelou and and what was in so much of her work, um, which you can you can hear the the the, the full heartedness of a woman who's who's had a reckoning with herself, mm. um, which which seems to be so. It's I mean it's not an easy space. I'd be lying if I said it was, but it you know I mean transformation is not comfortable. Um, it is necessarily disruptive to us. Mm. Good stuff. All right. Well, well, let's talk about the. Uh, so we we are at the. What degree do we leave off on? The fifth degree. So yeah. We're at, yeah. Uh, <laughs> the the, the nth degree. degree. Yeah, the mm. nth, and that's me being geeky. Because if you if you know algebra, <laughs> n is the undefinable, right? It's the it's the <laughs> the exponential leadership, and and this really is where um, the things that get that get done. There's been so much of a transformation of the self that that just remarkable things pour forth. This is kind of reserved for those kind of leaders who, um, I mean, they really have transformed the landscape. They've they've been. I mean, I think Martin Luther King Jr. is probably the best modern example many can quickly go to. Um, and, and again, he was a he was a he was a um, he was a human being with plenty of um, challenges. Uh, and, and yet you can see that he was able to rise to some level. Um, if you look back a little bit in time, Mahatma Gandhi was this kind of leader. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, very, very fragile human being who did lots of things which we would not approve of, but still he, there was something coming through him. If you're, a, if you're a person of spiritual orientation, this is where we'd start giving God credit, right, where we become a conduit, mm-hmm. um, Something pours through us. If you're not, if you're not a believer, um, you can even go into the space of the higher self or the, the self-actualized person, mm. where something something bigger than us is pouring through us, um, and it changes the world and everybody in it. Um, and and um, that seems to be that seems to be the product of a of um, 
<laughs> the the crux part has to has to really refine us uh, for that to come forth. So it's pretty pretty hard to articulate how to get there, but every now and again we'll see someone like that. So Ron, let, let me ask you this, and and I do you do you feel that you're at the degree? <laughs> do you feel you're there? Oh, there are there are there are moments i'm clear at times i'm walking in some kind of a fifth degree space because there's the, the, the thing you call passion about me I'm, i get it that pours through me um i have a couple people who attribute things to me that i'm very uncomfortable um acknowledging um because mm-hmm. you know it, 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 to suggest that anybody has any of these things in themselves sounds like the height of arrogance and and yet mm-hmm. some part of becoming this trans- transcendent leader requires us to to stop disowning the remarkable things that can pour through us it's kind of like uh, my favorite analogy currently is Moses who started out thinking he stuttered and couldn't be God's voice and in the end the dude took people to the promised land um and so uh, some part of that refinement of us is the ability to own who we are and simultaneously own that we're humans who make lots and lots and lots of mistakes. That's that's part of the design. Well, I I, I think that uh, the path in which you lay the, the degrees are certainly uh, things that 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 I personally can can see how it can help in, in leadership. Uh, I I think that when you I think that when you get to that nth degree, though, Ron, it, it's more like. It's more like a process. If you're giving God credit, he's constantly making you aware of things, opening doors, um, challenging mm-hmm. you to, to impact people's lives. And I don't think it's just one degree. I think that mm, is, is, is the infinity to, to the rest of it, you know, and every yeah. day that we have to work on that is like a, a gift from, from, from God. But thank you for being on the show. I, I have definitely enjoyed um, speaking with you and wishing you much success as you move on to spread the word and, and, and do these passionate things that, that you are, uh, have been led to do. For more information about Ron, he has a website, ronchapman.com. Also visit him on cntrue.com. And for those of you who are enjoying the show, please visit my website, Coffee Talk with Joy, to let me know how you are enjoying the show. Leave a comment and feedback. And don't forget to look for me on your social media platforms. Thanks for tuning in. Happy Saturday, everyone.